I'm Grace. I'm Shruti. And I'm Sarah. And we're the book hosts. In today's episode, we read a book. <laughs> um, so um, something you may all be aware of, just to like put a timestamp on this episode and the in our lives, we are about to hit the one year anniversary of the pandemic, which is and by in the America. one year in America. And yeah, by one year anniversary, I mean like when we started to be like, oh, wait, this is something we really need to worry about. Um, so in light of that, in um, celebration of that anniversary and in celebration of people are getting vaccines, you know, things are starting to maybe look like they could be okay again. We never know. In light of that, we read Kissing the Coronavirus by MJ Edwards, which is a 15 page romance novel, a sexy romance novel about a woman. It's not a novel. I was going to say a a book is a strong word for what we just read. (laughs) It is a 15 page, um, work. (laughs) <laughs> about a woman who is trying to find the cure for coronavirus and ends up falling in love with it and that says it all we all read it and we're <laughs> going to talk about it so you don't have to read it um but if you do want to it is on it is um free on kindle unlimited so yeah that's what we're going to do today but before we do that we're going to talk about what we've been reading this week Shirley, what have you read um so i had like a normal reading week for once so that was exciting so Let's go through that. So I first I finished When the Duke Was Wicked by Lorraine Heath, which I had mentioned last week. I was like halfway through. Um, I really do think, so this is my problem with this book. I enjoyed the Friends to the Lovers stuff. I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed the Friends to the Lovers part, but there was just so much historical stuff. And I recently read a tweet or a post, can't remember what, where someone was saying, you shouldn't read historical romances through a modern lens. And here's the problem with that. I am a modern person reading this book that was published in modern times. Watch me read it with a modern lens, okay? So here's the problem with this book. Like, I get that you're supposed to suspend disbelief about like, oh, these are the attitudes of the times. I don't care. I want my heroes to be good people. I want my heroines to not do stupid. I mean, they're allowed to do stupid things. That's going to happen. But I don't want, I I generally, at the end of the day, I want my characters to be good people at the end of the day. Now there's obviously room for gray. And sometimes if they're a bad person, like it can work out. Like there's obviously caveats to all of this, but like whenever, when a historical romance is supposed to be about, like, I guess my issue is that you can write really entertaining and compelling romances, both historical and contemporary without necessarily making everybody and everything toxic. And I wish people would understand that. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying a toxic relationship, but we need more healthy ones, I think, in personal, personally. Um, it doesn't need to be like a, this is what you should be. It's not like a role model thing. It's just more entertaining in my opinion. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say about this book and historical romances for now. We're going to take a break from historical romances. I might do like one, once one every month or something. Um, I have a lot on my to-read list, but like I also have a lot of contemporary that I've been neglecting. So we're going to neglecting. So we're going to go back to that right now. Speaking of, I then went and read the last book in the Runaway series by Devney Perry, which was called Dotted Lines. Um, And I absolutely loved this book. And now it may be because it was the first modern book I read in a while. But also, I think it was like, there's a lot of Friends to Lovers vibes, which obviously I really liked. And then in the second half of this book, there was a lot of like second chance angst that I'm like, not usually a super big fan of, but I like really liked it. And there was a twist in there that I like totally saw coming and I was like yelling at my phone and then I like all caps tweeted about it because I was so mad about it. But like in that good way of like, oh, it took my heart out. 
but I was like looking forward to it. And then of course there was this wonderful, beautiful squad epilogue where we got to see all the characters from the entire series and how they like still hang out and all their kids get together. And in fact, spoiler, but like two of the couple's kids are actually getting married. And I thought that was adorable. Um, and yeah, I just really love this entire series. Um, again, the runaway series where, um, a group of kids, they all ran away from home. So they lived together in a junkyard. And then like slowly over time, after many years, they're like, they um, restored one of the cars that one of the couples lived in. And they've been traveling like through a road trip throughout the country to get this car back to each person. And we follow them along their journeys. And so we finally got to the last one, which was Clara and Carson. And both of them were one of these kids, like they both, this is the only story where both of them were actually who lived together in that junkyard. So that's where we get that friends to lovers and a second chance vibe. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I definitely recommend the entire series. There's a little bit, there's a whole bunch of different tropes for all of them. Like, like, like Friends to Lovers is Friends to Lovers books. If you like Enemies to Lovers, there's Enemies to Lovers books. So they had a little bit of everything. Love Devney Perry. She's a great writer, especially really good modern contemporary romances. So highly recommend. Good time. I had to give that five stars. Then I read an Aaron Nichols book because who am I if I do not read an Aaron Nichols book? Um, and this was called Four Weddings and a Swamp Boat Tour, which is her final, which was part of her Boys of the Bayou series. And again, crazy families, man, they just make things so much happier. They make books, make books really great. Um, and basically, I really also enjoyed that the woman in this book was the commitment phobe who like refused to get married. Um, and Mitch, who's the hero, was like the one who was like, I will, I am ready to propose to you, but I'm not going to because I respect your wishes. And there was a lot of like really awesome things here about how Mitch knew what like the hero knew what he wanted, but he was never going to impose that on the heroine. And like she, he was always very comfortable with like, I'm gonna let you live your life, but I just want to be part of it. Um, and I really, really lo- love this. Um, I did knock it down a star, so it was only four stars just because the ending didn't feel as great as it could have been. But I really loved the book and I really loved also getting to visit all of the previous characters and seeing where their relationships were because they all ended up getting married, hence the four weddings in the title. Um, so that was a fun time. Then I read Marrying Mr. Wrong by Claire Kingsley. And apparently I hadn't read a drunk married in Vegas book in a while. So this was also fun. Um, Not much to say about this one. It had a lot of idiots in love vibes, which was always fun. But yes, it was a good time because they get married in Vegas and then they're like, we should stay married for reasons. And then of course, naturally over the time, those reasons because we're in love. So also a good time. And then I am halfway through reading Marriage and Murder um, by Penny Reed, which is her um, part of her series about Cletus and Jen. This one's very murder mystery. Like, obviously, there's the romance because it's their like engagement party where things happen, but like a lot of there's already been murder and like mystery and blood and stuff. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. This is, the, this is the romantic suspense I wanted. So, I'm very happy for it. I'm excited to keep reading. Um, and then, my goal this week is also to start Evelyn Hugo, which is our group read for March. So, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I did read. I had a good like Trudy week of reading this week, I think. <laughs> we, read, we read some stuff. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? What did you read this week? I read a little bit less than what I've been reading. Uh, that's okay. I just had like a heavier like load with my class this week. Um, so I only read like a hundred or so pages of Memorial by Brian Washington, which is a book I started last week. I mentioned it in last week's episode. Um, it's about the couple who the one guy's mom um, comes to visit him, but his father is 
like in China and he's about to die. So he ends up going to China to, you know, be with his father and the mom is staying at the house with uh, the guy's boyfriend. So it's a really interesting book. It's really, um, I love the characters are really fascinating to read about. Um, And I'm having a really good time reading it, but I just didn't have time to read physically as much this week. So what I did read a lot of was audiobooks because I've just listened to that while I work on my class. And I finished listening to the Shadow and Bone audiobook by Lee Bardugo. It was a really good audiobook. Um, tragically, it's an Audible original. I explained this last week, but I did unfortunately have to use Audible to get this book. And um, but I also you I also got it for like three dollars because I already bought the Kindle version a while, like years and years ago. And then the second book I started listening to an audiobook, Siege and Storm. That's the second book in the Grisha trilogy. And um, that one I got with my free trial. So I've only given Audible like $3. I don't know what I'm going to do with the last one. I'll just see if there's like a bootleg somewhere or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, and I did not expect to enjoy the Grisha trilogy because like, I don't know why, because I enjoyed it the first time I read it. But then as time went on, I started like thinking about it. I'm like, ah, maybe I didn't like them that much, but I really did like Shadow and Bone. It was a fun, I had a really fun time listening to it. And I can see how Shruti, Shruti read the Grisha trilogy like last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she read it last year. She read all of them in like 24 hours. I was about hours. to say, please make <laughs> yeah. sure to include that important <laughs> what, detail. Exactly. And I can see how, because they they do, they like fly by, especially listening mm-hmm. to the audiobook. I was like, oh man, I can totally see how Shruti read these so fast. And looking back, I read them pretty fast too. I read the second one just on like one plane ride. And it's just, they're just really fun. I don't know. I forgot. I think I kind of forgot that because I was like, oh, I I don't like it as much as Six of Crows. And since they're kind of like grouped together a lot, Mm -hmm. I'm always kind of like, oh, I care about Six of Crows and not the Grisha trilogy, but I really am having a good time. I think I really like the way Alina's written. The story itself is just really engaging. Like, I'm not going to say they're like the best books ever or anything, but they're, they're fun. I'm having a good time. Um, especially just listening to them while I work on my class just makes it so much more fun. And it's kind of making me want to read like another young adult fantasy series, which I haven't been in the mood for in like two years. So if anyone has any recommendations for good YA fantasy series, especially newer ones, because I've read a lot of the older ones, um, tweet us at the book codes and tell me because I'm kind of feeling maybe starting one soon. So hit me up if you have any. But other than that, that's all I really read slash listened to this week. Grace, what have you been reading this week? I was just going to say, not a fantasy, but there is a YA book that you need to read called Stalking Jack the Ripper, the fourth book. I do. Wait, you're right. Okay, maybe I'll read that one soon, too, because I am in kind of a YA mood. So, okay, you're right. I do need to read that. Okay, I'm done. Called me out. Anyway. Grace, your turn. <laughs> My turn. Um, so I actually did some good reading this week. I finished a couple of books. I finished Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas, which I mentioned a few episodes ago, is about a boy who is trans and he is Mexican and their family, it's like takes place around the day of the dead or like a little bit before it. And he's trying to prove to his family that he can like raise the dead and like communicating with the dead like part of their culture or whatever but they don't believe he can because he's trans so then he does it but he accidentally like summons the wrong ghost and so they're trying to figure out like how he died like what's going on his cousin is also missing as well so they're figuring out how his cousin died as well and then he and the ghost fall in love and it was really really good I wasn't I like 
parts of it I would read and then I would have to stop reading for the day or whatever and I would just think about it for like the rest of the next day and I'm like oh my god I can't wait to read more and it was so good I, I gave it like five stars on Goodreads I added it to my favorites shelf I highly recommend it I think everyone should read it I'm glad that I finally got to read it I, I had it on hold I've had it on hold since like August I think and I finally got it and I'm very excited I already put their next book on hold too so that should be fun as well so I finished that and then literally like right before I finished The Viscounty Loved Me by Jenna <gasps> Quinn. Yeah, it took me a month to read that, but I finished it. Um, I really liked it, actually. Um, the vibes were immaculate, I think. It had some good enemies to lovers vibes. I really liked the Kate. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. She's a good character. And I liked Anthony as well. And of course, the best character was Newton the Corgi, a great, a great addition to the story. But I will say, I will say, um, I, I mean, I really liked it. I'm probably gonna give it like four stars on Goodreads, and I'll probably read whatever ones Trudy likes as well. And those will take me a month each as well. But um, I will say, there's a part that I was like, this is so ridiculous, and I'm going to discuss it now. And it is so. The man, Anthony, who is the male love interest, he is convinced that bees, <laughs> bees are bad. <laughs> I know exactly because his dad, what you're talking about. His dad died because of a bee sting. His dad was like crazy allergic. Again, not to bring <laughs> this discourse up again, but very like much like Gansey and the Raven Cycle, as we've established previously in other episodes. Anyway, so his dad has died from a bee. And so Anthony is now like afraid of bees and also like is convinced that he's going to die at the same age as his dad. And it's a whole thing, not because of a bee necessarily, but he does think he's going to die. And um, there's his love and are attracted to each other and stuff, but they're not willing to admit it to each other or really to themselves. And they're like, and he's like, I'm not going to end up with her because I'm going to die when I'm, <laughs> when I'm 39. So, or 29, 39, is it 29? 39. He's oh, like already, 39. Yeah, he's like already early thirties, I think. Oh yeah. He's like, I'm not going to fall in love with whoever I end up marrying because I'm going to die when I'm 39. So that would be tragic for them. So I'm just going to marry someone for the purpose of having kids and then just die. That's his, that's his gist. Um, so he can't fall in love with her, but he is anyway. And um, he's not going to get married to her because he's falling in love with her. Anyway, anyway. So there's a scene where like she gets stung by a bee and he flips out because he's terrified of bees. I mean, same. And and the bee sting but wait is like, wait for it the, the bee sting is like right in like her collarbone area so like right above her boobs it's and like on her boob he loses his mind so much that he's like i'm gonna suck the venom out and he does it they are in public outside at his house or whatever there are other people around the people come up and see them and they're like oh my god and he's like no no don't worry it was a bee I'm insane and they're like no that's not gonna fly like that's not a good excuse and so they have to get married because everyone has seen him like rav- rav- ravishing what's ravishing her I was gonna say ravaging but that's not right ravishing her in front of everyone and so they have to get married I was like first of all this is ridiculous second of all isn't this kind of the plot of the first season of Bridgerton as well because they have to get married because they also do they also are ravishing each other in the courtyard, except for there's no bees. So involved. many of the books in the Bridgerton series, not all of them, but I think maybe three to four of them involve some sort of compromising, forcing them to have to get married because they're idiots and won't just admit that they're in love with each other. So there's like some sort of catalyst to their marriage. I can, off the top of my head, there's definitely three um, 
I think this one is the most ridiculous of them all. I think the first I would, one's the I can the already attest one, to that. Yeah, the first one's the most dramatic because you know they duel. The second one is the most ridiculous because again, it's a B. Um, and there's another one that's a little bit like funny the way it's done. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not gonna say it. Um, I think there's one other one that I can't think. Actually, that might be the only one. No, that's not true. There's another one that's also kind of ridiculous, but more because the Bridgerton boys are dumbasses, but that's a different issue altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just had to share that detail with everyone. Um, I, I was, still need Sarah to read this book though. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. It's on audiobook if you want to power through Sarah. Honestly, I, I would listen to it on audiobook because I'm going to read it probably think, in audiobook yeah. form. I think so. you would enjoy it yeah. in audiobook. Yeah. Um, so I read that. And then I also started a couple of books as well. One of those is Evelyn Hugo, which is our group read. I started that this morning and I'm already like 20% of the way through. I'm listening to an audiobook and I Yay. really like it so far. I'm like, I'm not going to say so much about it because we will talk about it at the end of the month, but I really like it. But I will say, unfortunately, I go on the internet a lot and I communicate or see people tweet about books and I've seen people tweet about this book. I and know so nothing. So say I'm nothing. not going to say I'm not going to say anything, but I definitely know like a big part of it. I don't know the details of it, but I definitely know mm-hmm. about it. But it's okay I'll there, get over it this is one of those books like red white and royal blue and daisy jones and the six where like if you're on like book twitter in any capacity like you know <laughs> you know at least something yeah. about it and the rave i would say the raven cycle is yeah. one of those books that you just you know a little something yeah i might know i might know something i think mm-hmm. but i don't know you probably like it, so i'm gonna pretend yeah, that you've i probably don't like know seen it. it but you didn't like process it because you didn't read the book so you don't know but right. then once you get to it you'll like remember right. yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah okay yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens but I'm still I feel like I'm still gonna enjoy it there's other things happening where I'm like I don't know the answer to this question so maybe I'll enjoy this part too so I started that this morning and then last night I started Shadow and no! Bone no <gasps> this is not you? <laughs> the first time I started Shadow and Bone it may not be the last but I did start it and I got farther this time and by farther I think the first time I started it I read two chapters and last night I there you go <laughs> so there I'm we go. proud of you progress but also it does Thank take you. to like I I would say honestly when I was listening to the audiobook I was like this is kind of boring until about like the halfway point then it picks up yes. a little bit there's more. like that is like so boring mm-hmm. and it drags but then yes. once it picks up it picks up yeah okay. once you get to the second half it, it picks up a lot more so I'm just warning you in advance Thank but you yeah for the warning I'm so far I'm like mm, I, <laughs> it's a different place that I don't know yeah but it's not like I have I mean I'm three chapters in and I have no thoughts about it yet but I have started it I was gonna three more of it and then that didn't happen but I probably will read more tonight yay that's yay. exciting it is maybe I should it? also read Shadow and Bones so that way we'll all be reading this we'll all be reading trilogy the, the same trilogy. Time. you yeah. should start in like a week and then maybe we'll yeah, finish at the same we'll rate be. but you'll still probably finish ahead <laughs> yeah and that's it that's all I've yeah that's all I've read this week my plan, just to add on to the Grisha trilogy thing, since I'm trying to delay us talking about the coronavirus book, um, my plan is to listen to the Grisha trilogy, and then I want to reread Six of Crows, and I wasn't going to read King of Scars, and I can already hear, like, Kelly, our friend who was on a couple episodes ago, getting mad at me because she's been trying to get me to read King of Scars for, like, a year. Um, I wasn't going to read it because I didn't, I got halfway through it when it first came out, like, two, three, whatever, however many years ago it came out. And I didn't like it that much, but I just found out something about the 
sequel and I won't say it just in case anyone doesn't want spoilers but now I'm like okay maybe I need to read it and it comes out at the end of the month so I don't know how far I'm gonna get by the end of the month but I think this will finally push me to read King of Scars so I can stop being a bad Grishaverse fan. I guess is April just gonna be me reading the entire Grishaverse books like all what seven of them? Probably. Yeah that's gonna be me for March and April yeah. 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 I- I forget the King of Scars exists, and I might. Keep I do it that too. Way. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm too I, lazy. I, I read half of it. and I forget it exists. I mean, too, I don't think it's so. going to be relevant to the TV series anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, if if that's like our benchmark, yeah, then we got, we got time. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be relevant to the show at all, considering okay, the main good. character isn't even in the show. So, yeah, I think probably. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Is it time? I think it's I think time. it's time. So now we are going to move into our discussion of Kissing the Coronavirus by MJ Edwards. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So this book, as we established, is about a a young, hot um, doctor who is in quarantine because the coronavirus and it is so horny lust after after a little tube a little tube that has a coronavirus sample in it if you don't want to get spoiled for this 15 page book <laughs> then i guess stop listening but i have a feeling that no one cares um so uh she she starts to like feel attraction towards an inanimate little tube that contains the coronavirus um starts to do questionable things with it and then um no 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 no, no. you can't say questionable things i i will describe what is happening she takes the tube and describes it like a penis. And then, you know, basically she takes the tube and, you know, pretends it's a penis. And she gets close to doing things that, un- unmentionable things, I guess. But then she does get interrupted by her, you know, boss. Yes, who is not attractive to her, but she's qu- she's thought about it before because she's that horny. Um, she's very horny. Yes, that's a very important plot point. <laughs> she's that's very, the very only horny. plot point. And, um, the only, yeah, it only, is. <laughs> that's her, that's her personality only personality trait. trait. Well, the other, so, and then, um, so they're trying to work on the cure for coronavirus. And this boss, who is also a doctor, doesn't think that they should put coronavirus samplings in the virus or in the, in the, in the, vaccine. the vaccine, in the vaccine. And, but the girl who is smart Alexa. and sexy. Alexa, yes. <laughs> did your alexa start talking i'm so sorry alexa okay yeah the main character her name's alexa which i feel like is an amazon reference i feel like it's got to be at this point in our society but I, what do i know so she she's like actually i'm smart and sexy so i do think that we should put the coronavirus in the vaccine so she does it into one vaccine and then all of a sudden her doctor boss is like, you know what, I'm going to take one for the team and test out the vaccine instead of like doing a trial like, you know, most people do. And so he takes it and um, all of a sudden he starts to transform and he transforms into this really hot man. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Keep going. She thinks he's hot. She thinks he's hot. I'm. That's all I'm going to say. About I'm Rudy. And Let also- me live wait and she wait a minute so so she so she can say that she's hot but she can't say that the the even though the book describes them both that the monster yes i think we can describe her as hot i do not think we can describe him as hot well he's not even a he we cannot well, describe why, the book it does as hot well it's him 
No one can see this because it's a podcast. <laughs> Objectively, to the human podcast. Okay, I didn't see the cover. Not, except for. Oh, that's not how, that's not I, how I, I imagined I didn't see the yeah, cover. And I think, she, I think it's just because she describes him as hot in the book. I don't trust her descriptions of anything, but that's so that's a different anyone issue. in this book. But here we are. So she thinks so this hot um, virus personification man, what have you? He's like, yes, hello, I am the co- I am coronavirus, and she's like, oh my god, I can't believe this. And then they begin to have sex, but it, it ends on a cliffhanger. And um, there is a sequel that we didn't. Yes, read, there is so a there is you- a second one. If you really want to know what happens next, you just got to read that sequel. And I will say, while we're summarizing, I heard about this book from Goodreads, like when it was coming out, which was around a year ago, like when coronavirus was really like a big thing. (laughs) It still is. I don't know why I said that. When coronavirus first started becoming a thing. And I saw on the Goodreads profile of this author that they had written the book to make money because they had like gotten laid off during their job, like from their job because of COVID or something. But then I also saw that, like, if you went to their Goodreads author profile, you could be, it said, like, this is a pseudonym of this other author. So you went there. So they had other books. So I was like, mm. maybe that was a lie. And they lied to me to try to get me to get their shitty book to feel sorry for them when you could have just door dashed if you, if you really <laughs> felt that way. But anyway, that's, that's the backstory and summary of Kissing the Coronavirus by MJ Edwards. I would just like to um, read a section, just two lines, just two lines from this book that immediately reminded me of um, pod, our pod favorite, Twilight. What's your name? She asked. Call me COVID, he said. Th- that's it. That was the piece because yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. There are other lines that I'm sure we'll talk about, but that one there should have, me of Twilight. There should have been a section in the book where she just Googles like like COVID, like coronavirus, like Bella just Googling like vampire. vampire yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, haven't we all done that? Actually, that would be yes, like, I mean, wait, actually, yeah. that would be such a good like um, parody movie, Twilight, oh. but coronavirus. So this person, MJ Edwards should sell their rights for movies and the people that make like scary movie and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, I don't know what they're doing right now. I'm sure they've got time. I think they should do this. I think they should do it. Twilight spinoff or Twilight parody of, of Corona, kissing the coronavirus. Come into a theater near you in 2022 when we can go to theaters again. Yes. Um, I don't have the exact quote, but there was another line about how she was being pushed back into a wall as far as, as her back could be pushed or something of that nature. And I was yeah. like, there, if, if there isn't anyone use the word push her back anymore. I might lose my mind. Sarah is just like having an L-town over here. Yeah, Sarah I hates her life. I can see her. I truly like this book wasn't even fun to read. I thought it would be funny to read. I did not. I was not having a good time. I think the author should be arrested for war crimes. And I think Grace <laughs> should be arrested for war crimes for making me read this. And that's yeah. all I have to say. It was my idea. Well, we had in our like planning document. Here's behind the scenes book host facts. We were like, we should hate read a book. And I was like, hey, have y'all, we were trying to think of what book we could hate read. And I was like, have y'all heard of this one? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, it's 15 pages. And they're like, maybe. And so here we are. <laughs> Another good line while we're shouting out lines. I read this one to my, out loud to my sister last night, actually. Here we go. I'm going to say it. Here I, I can say it. Um, her pussy's so wet that the lace glided across her skin like a fat man on a water slide. Oh, there are some I, wonderful analogies in this book. 
Uh-huh. Like I think at one point they talk about um, how a hot man and she's like a she's like the bun. Yes, or there's some hot dog um, analogies. Right. Which um, I enjoy hot dogs, so I kind of appreciate. Those. <laughs> I'm not sure in this context was the right context, but you That's know. That's true. That's true. Um, also, apparently, his tongue is like a microwave fish. Oh, I think that was another one. one. Was my yeah. favorite, I think. You know, I really do respect the author because this is just this is just a good way to get people to be like kissing the coronavirus. What is that? It it draws you in, and then there's no. I'm sure they are a better writer than this book, and they just wrote it for a parody. Um, I did not enjoy it, but I respect. <laughs> What day of quarantine do you think they have yeah, started? Like, how you... bored did they get? How bad did it escalate to when they're like, this is a good idea, actually? It, it must have been many months in. I, I would like to think I would it was so. many months. Yeah. So that was our review of Kissing the Coronavirus. But you don't have to take our word for it. Let's hear what people on Goodreads are saying. Um, I have two of my friends on Goodreads have read it. Um, Elizabeth Sagan said that they got it because um um yeah this is what i was talking about the book is mj edwards's debut book debut book and is her attempt at trying to pay the bills following her job loss but elizabeth Sagan said that being said i don't know how to rate it and i prefer to leave it in the past it's 60 pages of of exactly what you think it is another friend of mine courtney who i roomed with in college actually i don't think she's listening to this but if she is hi courtney Hope you're doing good. Um, she said, I was curious. And along the way, I think I lost IQ points, which is a good review, I think. A couple people I'm friends with have rated it. Um, someone named Sophie Lansov. I don't believe that's her real name unless she's related to Nikolai Lansov. But if she is, <laughs> congratulations to her. Um, she said, I am dot, 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 speechless. And honestly, same girl. But I found the best the best thing I just found in the questions and answers section, like people can ask questions about books on Goodreads and other users can answer. Someone question was, but like, how hilarious would it be if someone read it out on their podcast? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're here I will say one of the ideas that we threw out there was a dramatic reading, but we felt that we might get into copyright issues. So we decided yeah. not to do that. Yes. <laughs> um don't want to mess with that yeah um i don't know what it is on goodreads but i'm looking at the uh customer reviews on amazon and out of the 574 global ratings this book has an average of four out of five stars like the major 65 percent of the ratings are five stars it has a 2.45 on goodreads mm-hmm. so How i think it- so i think what's happening because for, for instance the top review on amazon is a five-star review and this is not good in any way so i feel like people are like giving it five stars because they're expecting that it's terrible but like they're reading it for being terrible and for that reason i guess it gets five stars yeah, yeah. I think people i think if you go into it like expecting like a parody and like you you want it's right. what you wanted then like you give it five stars like if you want it like an absolutely like horrible time five stars like right that makes sense okay i understand now honestly yeah, yeah i see that I do too. I will say this review quoted some of my favorite lines. Alexa edged back, pushing back until her back pushed against the wall. That was a fun one. Um, he also lets out a bellowing bellow. 
And also this reviewer asked, what is a judder and why is her clitoris doing it excitedly? Um, and at one point she compares his lips to a chunk of microwave fish, which we've already yes. discussed. And um, he later fills her with love potion, yes. which is a wonderful way of describing calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the love potion was something else. It was mm-hmm. right up there with the hot dogs. Yeah. Um, a quote from another review on Goodreads is, bitches be like, nope, never going to read this. And then go and download a book a second later because it's Kindle Unlimited. I'm bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also looking at that review. Um, they also said there are things in your life that change your life forever about this book, which is, which is true. Um, mm-hmm. it's true. Oh, this is a long review. I'm not reading all that. I'm happy that oh, happens this is a for long you though. Review. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this review is as long as the book. <laughs> yeah, it is. It sure is. There is but a with- review of that's just titled great need more. <laughs> well, there is more just to continue. And then in the review, they do say, this can, there was, there's no real like story, right? Their story is lacking true conflict. This can easily be remedied with additional content at the end of the book. And we'll have the added benefit of fleshing out the arc of Dr. Ashington. Um, so there are, re- there are readers out there who wanted more. Well, I have good news for them because if you go to the Goodreads page for this book, they, as with any book on Goodreads, it says readers also enjoyed. And there are two books on the first page of readers also enjoyed that are about coronavirus romance books but not by this author completely different Mm. books one of them is called the courting coronavirus by lee taylor another one is called coronavirus is coming to town so romance with a christmas Christmas. twist it's christmas Um, everyone is dead that's the the first the first two pieces of the synopsis i love it yeah it's a powerful market a a lucrative market for anyone who wants to write a book i would suggest going to this is courting the coronavirus a historical romance a historical coronavirus yes oh my god wait it was her fault the virus got sent back to the 19th century in the first place now the only way time travel now the only way to get close enough to destroy it again is to court it the only problem with that she might be falling for it joan was never supposed to be working in a virus lab to begin with so when she accidentally sends the virus hurling through space and time it's up to her to get it back finding the virus from the past isn't going to be the hard part however it's getting close to it without getting too close it's a short semi erotica how many pages it won't tell me I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I, I am too. We should have read that one instead. A popularly answered question is people are dying, and you think it's okay to write a book about it? That's a good point. That's a good I point. agree. I kind of agree with that. That was kind of my first thought about this book. I was like, okay. Also, another thing, I just read a review that pointed this out. This was a line that really just, it was interesting, where she was like, she said, but, you know, and then the virus started to travel to, you know, Europe, Asia, some other places, but most importantly and most worryingly, yes. America. I was like, yeah. Excuse me, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like to believe that this book was written purely from a parody point of view mm-hmm. and they knew what they were doing and that they knew, yeah, we're going to yeah. be very, you know, American centric and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and about the part about like, you shouldn't be making fun of it. I agree in, in like, in a, in a way that yes, you should not be making light of this like actual virus that is killing people. Um, but also I do, if, if again, and this really just comes down to the intention, I guess, is if their intention is to make a parody novel, like, mm, 
It's funny. Yeah. We all it's have our coping for- mechanisms. Well, that's what right. this person answered on um, courting the coronavirus. They said oh. humor is a coping mechanism. It, humor as a coping mechanism is not unheard of. Margie said that. It's mm. true, Margie. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one of the biggest booktubers, Cindy, read with Cindy, made a 27-minute review of Kissing the Coronavirus. And the title is, Kissing the Coronavirus is a literary tale about humanity, capitalism, and a lust for gratification. So thank you, Cindy. I we liked should, that. We should watch that. We should. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the pinned comment under the video is from a user named Honeybee. And they say, the fact that our protagonist is named Alexis symbolizes our obsession with sapient technology and personifying the inanimate object to project our own. And ina- it just goes on like that. Exactly. I highly recommend exactly, you read this comment. Exactly, Honeybee. <laughs> I was just going to make a quick comment, not about reviews, but about the book. There's a part where she describes the coronavirus sexy man as breathtaking or something, or like makes it makes oh, some no. point, makes the comment about how she's losing her breath. And I was like, I see. No, I see what you've done, no. what you've done there. <laughs> oh, so this review, <laughs> a must for any book club that enjoys classic literature. This is a meaningful piece by an incredibly talented author which has undoubtedly left you, will leave you breathless. There you go. Uh, although short, while it's reading, I found it difficult to mask my emotional reaction to this heartfelt and lust-filled story. So we're throwing in some puns in these reviews. I just found a really funny review by Leo, queen of the rants and spoilers. <laughs> and it says, it says, what in cousin fucking tarnation Alabama Betty Crocker Miss fucking Betty White shit is this? <laughs> I agree. They're not wrong. No. What's next? Impregnated by Ebola? That's That was another title to a review. Uh, oh, God. They missed their chance. They did. Too late. Remember Ebola? I used to sit and think, like, wouldn't it be wild if I got that? But I was never in any danger of it. And here we are. In this here we are. <laughs> So is the second one better? What do the reviews say? Well, um, one review said that this one was the blueprint. Oh. Of what? I'm not sure. Like this <laughs> book, not the second one. Mm-hmm. In fact, okay, I'm not going to pronounce this person's name. I'm going to say it wrong. But the review says, after reading the sequel of this book, I'd like to hire the rating of this book, the first one, to two stars because it really was the blueprint. <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's the one Sarah read that said, nope, I'm never going to read this and then downloads it because it's kind of limited. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think that does sound familiar. Another literary analysis comment from Sophia Woods, the line, call me COVID effectively describes the uniquely human experience of wishing to name that which we fear, creating a connection between ourselves and the fear. That's only the first line. It's a whole paragraph. This is like so good, honestly. (laughs) Honestly. Um, apparently the first sentence of the second book is Dr. Kelly Cauldron sniffed the hot dog into her vagina, filling herself up with the fat sausage, which she'd kept warm all morning in her thermos flask. Wait, there's another character? She can't move to onto a different char- a different love interest. That wouldn't be right. She's in love with the coronavirus. So we need a new person who's in love with the second strand of the coronavirus. Come on, Grace. But the first one ends in a cliffhanger. I figured she'd just, I figured she'd just finish it. No. Well, so according to the synopsis, it's been eight months since the shocking lab incident claimed the lives of the world's top scientists tasked with finding the cure to COVID-19. So everyone's dead. 
what the hell? That's like when you watch Saw and then you're like, oh my God, I wonder what happened to Adam, the guy. And then you watch Saw 2 and he's not even in it. Why would they do that? Yeah. So like Dr. Kelly is fortified to discover there's this man and he's already received a double dose. And then he transform, transforms. Wait. Then he transforms into the coronavirus again. So wait, this coronavirus dude gets with two different girls. This is not a love story. You can't have multiple love interests. I don't know if it ever claimed to be a love story. It's a romance work. That's what a romance book is. It's a love story. Okay, you can't have a romance. I don't think it's romance. I think it's like erotica parody. Yeah, there we go. You're right. I think it's erotica parody. Yeah. I mean, you are correct, but still, the, um, the romance lover in me is upset not not with all of the terrible writing or you know the whole concept just the fact that he gets a new love interest in the second book that's what i'm upset about i think yeah i think you're right to be upset if 2020 were a book this is it that's a good that's a good review someone said still a better love story than twilight (laughs) oh i just oh my god i just found that one too wait someone else said hawk Quinn said this was way more fun than that fairy shit. Is that about? I just saw that one. Is that <laughs> I think about... it's about Akatar, A Court of yeah. Thorns and Roses. Oh, I assumed it was about the Cruel Prince. Oh, I think it's about um, A Court of Thorns and Roses because that's like adult fantasy with like some sex oh. scenes. See, I didn't know what that was about. I knew it was adult fantasy and sex scenes, but I didn't mm-hmm. know it was about fairy shit. So yeah, oh yeah, learned. and it's a lot more popular than the Cruel Prince too. Which, like, you know, maybe he was talking about the Cruel Prince. He just said that fairy it could shit. be anything. But if he's reading, right? If but if he's reading like popular books, uh, it's probably Akatar. Probably. <laughs> I think maybe he's talking about the film. Fourth Sisters Grimm book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this might be my favorite review. It's a five star review. It's just I'm screaming. Go off, MJ. You shot for the moon and land, landed amongst the stars. I'm forever changed. I hope you help live a long life, long and fulfilling life. That's a great review. It is a great review. All reviews should be similar. One person's review says, oh, to see without my eyes, which is poetry, I think. <laughs> Goodreads now. People are really mad about, about this book on Goodreads. Yeah, they're Amazon either really or mad or very amused or a mixture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think on Amazon, they're generally more favorable to this book. Hmm. I wonder what that says. I wonder what that says about good reason Amazon. Someone smarter than me could probably figure it out. Someone named Marina's review says, the only thing I'm kissing is the Bible after this. (laughs) (laughs) Melina said, Shakespeare been real quiet since this is published. (laughs) No. Oh, oh, another thing. Another thing. There's a, okay, so apparently there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of rumors about why the book was written, but I just wanted to point out that the author's um, biography is at the end of the book. It's very short, but she mentions that she has 19 ferrets. This Goodreads review by Lena says, as soon as I learned of the author's 19 ferrets that need feeding, I obviously went and bought this book. I hope her ferrets are all right. That's a I lot of ferrets so to have. that might be be animal hoarding and she might should be arrested for that and this book um (laughs) (laughs) all right do we have anything else to share about kissing the coronavirus (laughs) i certainly do not i I think i'm good yeah um i'm also good 
So that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, please let us know your thoughts about this literary classic. You can read it and give us your thoughts, or you can just give us your thoughts about what we've said, or you can send us, if you found a Goodreads or Amazon review that you think was really funny that we didn't mention, send it to that. Send that to us and we can have a laugh. And you can do that on our Twitter, which is at the Bookhouse. Or Instagram, which is at Pod. You can also send us an email at bookhosepod at gmail.com. And as always, you should subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and write a review as well. And you can read along with us this month for our March group read, which is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So if you read along with us, be sure to send us your thoughts at any of the places we just mentioned as well. And we will read your review on our discussion episode, which will be March 29th. So join us then for our Evelyn Hugo discussion. And in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye.